This Three Beards Media podcast is sponsored by Revelton Distilling Company. When Rob and Christy Taylor started following the Kentucky Bourbon Trail in 2012, they fell in love with not only bourbon, but the entire distilling process. Just eight short years later, in 2020, Revelton Distilling Company was opened, offering an entire family of products, including vodka, gin, whiskey, and Revelton Shine. Come visit the tasting room at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, where you can sample one of their many spirits, including four gold medal winners. Can't make it to Osceola today? Not a problem, as you can pick some up at your local Hy-Vee or Fairway grocery stores. Follow Revelton Distilling on Twitter or Instagram at ReveltonDC or their website www.reveltondistilling.com. This Three Beards Media podcast may contain mature themes, and if you're not down with that, we got three words for you. Like the podcast. Nailed it! Would you like to sample some of my nuts? Good evening, and welcome back to yet again another edition of Old... <clears throat> Pardon me, another edition of Old Man <laughs> I just had a coughing fit right before we went on the air, uh, and apparently there's still something in my throat. Um... Anyway, this is Old Man Strength, the podcast of Three Beards Media, and brought to you by Revelston Distilling Company. I am Tim Johnson, joined as always by Chris Shipley. Chris, I hope you're doing better than me because I'm struggling right now. <laughs> if that's not the pure opening for an old man podcast, it's gonna be gagging. <laughs> I'm just taking a drink. It's ridiculous. Oh, Nothing like I, I. That's what I appreciate about Tim. He's always right on brand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've had a busy night. I just finished wrapping up producing a uh, uh, side of the storm with George. He had. Uh, he announced his new beer collaboration with First Down Brewery uh, in Winterset, uh, which is actually ran by a former Iowa State player, which I did not know. Sam, oh, really? Sam Anker, who was a long snapper in 2010. Sure. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Brent Bloom hopped on, and 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 it was really nice. George and him kind of talked about there was a little bit of Twitter back and forth today about, you know, why do we have three beers and why do we have, you know, all this all this competition and whatever. And it was nice to see George and Brent kind of work through those those questions you know if if it's one thing that iowa state fans can do they can support beer plenty of it so <laughs> it was pretty neat so, absolutely absolutely yeah so i had to wrap george up you know he's a big talker i had to wrap him up so we could get <laughs> he's listening right now so i'm sure he really very much appreciates that for sure uh well excellent we'll say um uh, i could choke through uh anything going on in my life but i'm really excited to get talking with our guest this evening so what i'm gonna go ahead and just let you go ahead and, and hop into it and introduce our guest yeah you know it it's crazy how uh i decide who or who i figure out i want to bring him on uh i had not really thought of this gentleman for a while uh just because it's not football season and things like that and then uh some account tweeted out probably the greatest juke I've, I've seen from an iowa state player uh in the louisiana tech game uh with real mitchell when he juked that guy out of his shoes 
and Real commented on it. And then Cyclone fans were like, oh, my God, let's. So I reached out and uh, Real Mitchell was nice enough to uh, hop on the pod with us. So, uh, Real, thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you guys for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, uh, it is super cool to have you on. Uh, that was a brief overlay. I mean, you you played at Iowa State. Uh, you uh, moved on to Temple. Now you're over at San Diego. Why don't you catch everybody up with what you're doing right now? Yeah, so like you said, played at Iowa State 18 and 19 season, then decided to transfer, um, transfer to Temple University for the 20 season, and then I guess half the 21 season. Um, then decided to transfer yet again to come back closer uh, to home. I'm originally from California, so I want to come down to sunny San Diego. And um, going into my sixth year, can't believe I'm saying that, but yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> in college, and it's funny, um, and obviously your guys' podcast is called Old Man Strength, and my nickname on my, my team now is Grandpa. So <laughs> well, look at that. Minute, so everything ties together pretty well here. You, you keep growing that beard, you can be the fourth beard over here, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, no, I, I have to imagine though that that with uh the the COVID year and everything going on, there, there have been a number of, of programs where you get some more uh extra senior leadership on those teams. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, with the whole COVID situation, yeah, got an extra year of eligibility, so. Hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, I use it properly and uh, can make it to the next level. Well, extra. Well, we, yeah, we appreciate you, uh, you coming on. Um, you mentioned uh, there briefly, originally from uh, California. So why don't you go and tell our listeners a little bit about uh, growing up California, what that process looked like, and then going and uh, getting recruited to, to play some football. Yeah, so um, originally from Southern California, um, grew up in a in a what was a small town. Now it's a city um, called Eastville. It's pretty much in the I'm gonna say middle of nowhere, but Inland Empire. There's farm farm all the way around. So when you think of Southern California, it's not the beach. However, it's only like an hour away. Um, went to St. John Bosco High School. Um, this was I guess in 2014 something like that. And Josh Rosen was just coming out of there. Um, and so I was able to learn from him a little bit my freshman year. Um, and then ended up starting my junior year, one state there. Um, and then, you know, recruitment kind of started picking up after that. After, or I guess, I think, yeah, after that season, um, Iowa State came into the mix. Um, you know, it was one of my middle offers. Um, and I was really, you know, interested in it. I think going back, I really wanted to get out of California, actually. So I was really more inclined to those um, offers that were out of state. Um, <clears throat> and so I mean, the staff um, was great. Um, they came out, did the home home visits, all that good stuff. Took my official there. Iowa State was actually the only official I took. Um, I took a couple unofficials, but official-wise. Um, Iowa State was the only one I took. I remember, you know, being there. Coach Hoff uh, at the time was the quarterback's coach there. And, you know, I wanted to commit the on-the-visit type of thing. But, uh, <laughs> you know, with recruitment, how kids go about it, you know, there's like silent commits. There's all this other intricacies within recruitment and whatnot. But 
waited a little bit, waited as long as I could. Um, didn't want my spot to get taken in or anything like that. So I decided to um, commit to Iowa State, uh, early enrolled there. Um, and, yeah, I guess that's kind of how my, my journey started and how I ended up at Iowa State. So moving moving to Ames from California, living in a in a farm community, probably wasn't that big of a culture shock then coming to Ames, other than I would venture the the cold and in the in the winter. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, I early enrolled. I really had never seen snow before. So as you guys know, you know, January is snowing. <laughs> um and I think it was the second uh winter I was there was the one that was like really bad. Um but yeah, I guess if if you guys or for everyone that doesn't know, I was on a show called QB One, and I guess it kind of captured that part of it, which was really cool. Um, so you know, I'm much older, I can always look back and, and see that part of my life, which is neat. Uh, but yeah, it was freezing, um, but I was like really excited for it anyway. Now, you know, one thing one thing that they don't warn you about though with the snow is how long it is. Like. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, after after the first month or two, you know, I kind of got old old of it, but um, I was super excited to be there nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, I'm up I'm up here in Minnesota, so our winter should probably start in about uh five minutes, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> and it just got over about thirty minutes ago. So uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I I get that, but no, I that that's interesting you say about California. There are parts of California. I've noticed, you know, as you get, you know, further away from the coast that do very much remind me a lot of of Iowa in the Midwest in a lot of ways. The, that kind of small farming community, uh, just the values, what people focus on. I, I think a lot of times we tend to focus on, oh, California and think of Southern California and particularly, you know, L.A., San Diego, things like that, or San Francisco even. As, as being what represents the state, but the state probably is a lot more kind of diverse in class and, you know, a number of socioeconomic factors that people don't think about. Definitely, yeah. The further away you go from the cities, those concentrated cities like you mentioned, the more it resembles more the Midwest, yeah. So uh, you mentioned briefly about QB1 in the Netflix series. Uh, and we did get a question uh, about that uh, from from a listener. How did they approach you? How was that process? Were you nervous? I, you know, we're hearing things like now with uh, with uh, the new quarterback series on Netflix that a lot of the the, the quarterbacks that they're asking about year two don't want to do it because of the distraction and whatever else. So I would imagine your parents were probably a little worried. Like, listen, you know, you're a high school kid. We don't really need cameras following you around all the time. How was that process? How did you make that decision? And then would you do it again, I guess? Yeah, so um, so season, so season, I was on season two of QB1, and season one uh, featured like Tate Martell, Jake Fromm, and Tavon Bowers, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember, I think I, I guess I would have been a junior watching season one. And like I'm in like physics class with like a couple of my friends and we're watching it. And I'm thinking to myself, it'd be really cool if I could, you know, on the next season, you know, I just came off of winning state. Um, I obviously play quarterback. I played for number one school at the time. My mom's, some, you know, a celebrity. So I, I'm like, I got a lot of stuff going for me here. I mean, maybe, I don't even know if they're going to have a season two, but <laughs> you no, know, maybe, maybe I could be on it. 
Um, and so I think it was like a couple weeks before camp started, I actually got a DM on Twitter from the producers of QB1 asking if I would, you know, be, would be interested in being on it. And I was like, yes, of course, let's do it. Um, and so that's kind of how I guess I got reached out um, about it. It was funny because I've, you know, watched the Netflix um, series on quarterback. And it wasn't until like halfway through, I was like, wait a second, this is literally like QB1. But- <laughs> Um, so I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, would I do it again? I think I would. I think, yeah, when you do a type of reality show like that, there are distractions that come with it. Um, and so, yeah, if I was going to do it again, I would do it just because I feel like everything happens for a reason. Um, and I think how that show kind of played out, I think there's a lot of things I could learn from it and others could learn from it as well. Um, so that's why I would do it again. It was super fun. Um, filming. I think some of the editing could have been a little um, uh, more favorable, I would say. <laughs> but, you know, that's it's showbiz. It made for great TV. So, I mean, true, I watched it. Um, so, yeah, uh, I would definitely do it again. So, uh, you mentioned your mom there a little bit. I, I think we'd be remiss if we did not talk about uh, your mom. Uh, I grew up watching american gladiators uh very much that was one of my favorite things to watch so your mom blaze uh, on american gladiators for our listeners who may not uh be aware but i she's someone who probably understands what it means to be involved in a production like that uh uh did she give you advice did she tell you yes did she tell you no did you see did she shake her head at you uh, what, what was it what was her, her her approach to to that whole experience yeah, so, well, if you guys also don't know, and to the viewers out there, uh, Netflix came out with a series series called Muscle and Mayhem. Yeah. I mean, super recent, like last just, month. I just um, I just finished it last week. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, it kind of recaps and kind of catches up with the gladiators now. Um, and so, yeah, she was, I mean, she was all for it. Um, she's very supportive and, and positive um, and everything. So, I think, you know, she was happy for me in that opportunity. Um, that we got to to kind of partake um, as a family, really. Um, so it's another thing that's going to be really cool that I can go back, you know, years later when I have my family and whatnot, and we can kind of look at it and see what we can take away from it then. Your mom was a was a, a track athlete originally, right? Is- yeah, yeah. So she went to the University of Nebraska. Um, and so when I was showing interest in Iowa State, she was all for it because she loves the Midwest. She was like, yes, like, let's go there type of thing. So, um, yeah, I went to the University of Nebraska, uh, ran, did the hurdles and triple jump, um, and went ahead and went to the Olympic trials, and I think it was 84. Wow. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so University of Nebraska definitely uh, – did she give you advice on going to, to the Midwest? They, obviously, she didn't prepare you enough for winters, but uh... – <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Um, I, I wouldn't say really advice, just she really enjoyed her time there and, and, and the people there and how like her whole experience. So she just wanted me to probably have a similar experience to that. And so that's why she was kind of team Midwest for sure. But, you know, your dad was a Marine. Uh, so, I mean, growing up, your mom is blaze on American gladiator. Your dad's a, you know, a Marine who I believe trained and, and did some stuff with the gladiators on there. And did I read somewhere that and and if I'm wrong, I apologize. That your dad was one of the longest serving Marines in, in history as well. Is that right? Um, I mean, thirty years is a long time. So right. yeah, that probably puts you up there somewhere. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know that for a fact, like as far as, he, you know, what number he would be in, in right. that type of thing. But yeah, um, he did, you know, serve 30 years. So that is a bit of time for sure. So what was that dynamic growing up with, uh, with, with, in, in a household with a Marine and, and your mom so disciplined and, and, and training and, and athletics and things like that? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, you know, my dad, who was really a huge influence on me and like my football journey. Um, and so he, you know, aside from, you know, um, instilling discipline um, and respect and, and similar um, traits like that, that are obviously core values in, in the military with me, as long as my, as well as my sister, um, he was a huge influence on football uh, for me, uh, you know, it was a coach on my little league teams and whatnot. Whereas my mom was uh, more of the track side, obviously. Uh, like I said, she ran track at Nebraska. So, you know, it's football season and track. That's what I did growing up. And, you know, one was helping with the other and kind of working as a, as a team in that way. Um, so um, I was really excited to eventually, you know, switch over full-time football. Trust me, because I'm <laughs> no joke. So I was, I'm really happy with how everything uh, turned out. Well, so uh... – we were talking here kind of at the uh, at the outset here, um, the the famous uh, juke clip that you have, which I think is obviously I, I mean, I think both track skills and American Gladiator style style skills. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think I think as, as much as you want to go full time football, I think you can't you can't discount. I think what what uh, those other sports gave to you and, and, and kind of what that pedigree gave for you. No, for sure. Um, yeah. What, what about the juke, though, in particular? Or are we just... Well, j- just I think how iconic that is and something that I think maybe I, I would have. Uh, I don't think about every single day, but every time that clip comes up. Uh, I just think, man, like that guy just went right out of his shoes. No, yeah, yeah, it was, it was something for sure. Um, I don't really like, I remember obviously the play. Um, however, like the juke, and in that moment, I don't think I consciously, I guess, remember in a sense of like, and this is kind of like just how every kind of game goes for me, like with jukes and stuff like that it's really just like i guess like second nature in a sense of like you're not you're not thinking about it, it kind of just happens i do know the ground was a little was a little uh a little slippery there it was a little wet there that day yeah. <laughs> I, was happy I was able to stay up and he was and he did it obviously so um <laughs> it was definitely something like you said a combination of that football and especially that track to be able to to maneuver like that is is that something though when when uh, when you catch that clip and sometimes you can't you can't not be watching some of these things that come up on Twitter there ha- there has to be a little bit of you that that has to look at it and be like damn <laughs> <laughs> I think if anything the freaking um, the commentator his line was just yes I was stuck on that because I'm like <laughs> well, did he have that ready did that <laughs> right just you know. I trigger him to say something like that. So I think that's the more freaking funny part and more the memorable part of the play, really. So um, why don't we go ahead and talk a little bit. So you, you kind of mentioned about your, your journey. Uh, you're getting uh, uh, prepared to, to be old man 
uh, <laughs> on th this last season. What is that looking like as you're preparing for uh, the the next few months here? Yeah, so obviously at Iowa State played quarterback, transferred to Temple, same pursuit, play quarterback, transferred again. Guess what? Same pursuit, play quarterback. Um, and that would have been last fall camp. Didn't really pan out the way, um, you know, obviously I wanted to wanted it to at the time. Um, I think it was like the second week of camp. Not, not really getting the reps that you, you know, would think you should get if you're going to be the guy type of thing. Um, so I wanted to sit down with my offensive coordinator and was like, you know, listen, I've been around, you know, I see the writing on the wall here. Hey, I just want to get on the field and contribute as much as I can um, to help our team out as much as as much as I can. Um, so he was all for that and happy I was able to, to come and talk to him about that. And so last year, I still played, you know, played quarterback, played running back, played receiver. Um, so I was more of like, a, I guess, like an all-purpose type of utility type of player. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, going into this season, I'll be playing predominantly wide receiver. However, I mean, if we're being honest, the way, you know, we have a new offensive coordinator – who was on staff, who actually coached at Iowa. So we have some beef there. Mm. <laughs> what you're saying is you're going to run a lot. You're going to do a lot of, of two-yard outs is what you're going to be running. Right. We go at it every day here and there uh, with some, some snark comments. But, um, yeah, uh, I'll probably end up, shoot, throwing more touchdowns this year than, than any other year before. Um, so yeah, I'll be playing running back, quarterback, and receiver this upcoming season. Uh, I'm on some I'm, I'm on some draft boards right now, which is neat. Um, so hopefully, you know, if I if I'm able to to you know put my best foot forward this season, um, I can get drafted next year. You know, fingers crossed. And uh, shoot, you guys keep me in your prayers, please. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so so what what is that? What is that like to to see that process play out? Like, I mean it. it especially because the journey that you've been on, uh, you know, multiple stops, multiple positions, uh, mm -hmm. but just being that athlete, I, sometimes I, I, particularly the NFL, I think just rewards athletes, the number of quarterbacks that have converted to something else uh, in the NFL, I think certainly speaks to just the rewarding athletes. But what, what, what is that like for you to, to see your name come up on some of those things? Um, You know, it's you're just one step closer, you know, to to it really happening obviously i've like worked my whole life for the opportunity to play at the next level um and so however i get there at this point you know what i'm saying however i get there i'm trying to get there so and that's kind of how uh the conversation went with my office coordinator last year was you know i only have two more years uh, i'm gonna try to make the most of it um and so yeah however i get there you know i'm gonna be happy nonetheless being uh i mean you're obviously still have a little bit of peace of your heart still in Ames. You're wearing an Iowa State Cyclone t-shirt. Uh, when you were there, the quarterback room there was was pretty loaded. I mean, if people don't know, Brock Purdy was in that room. Of course, Kyle Kemp, who, you know, is an Ames legend at that point, uh, <laughs> you know, beating Oklahoma, things like that. Um, what was the quarterback room like in there? Uh, what was your relationship with those guys? And then at what point did you start thinking, I, you know, I, I'm, I need to go somewhere else to go play. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I think first off, um, I think this year, there's like a, there's like a hierarchy of things in my life. I love, you know, first is my faith, Jesus Christ. 
Second's my family, and third cycling football. Uh, so it's really God, you're sticking a knife right in me, Real man. Like, <laughs> oh. I can't tell you how many times I was like, "Boy, I sure wish Real was." Oh <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but to, to get to the rest of your question, um, yeah, that quarterback room is awesome. I mean, yeah, you literally had what's crazy to think. You know, Kyle Kemp, who was this, who was like one of the first sixty years to even, you know, before that. Was right, he big, was the grandpa when you were there. Exactly right. <laughs> hey, hey, so he would like, like you know, talk in front of the team um, at camp. You know, that's what seniors normally do. Um, and I just remember like hearing his story because, like you said, he's a little, he's a walking legend um, there. And hearing his story, and then I'm a early enrollee, you know, freshman. I'm just like six years. I'm like, I don't want that to be me. I'm like, nah. This <laughs> is crazy. And hey, hey, so probably shouldn't have thought that. But, um, yeah, with Kyle Kemp in the room, obviously you have Rock Purdy. He's doing great things now. Um, also in the room, myself. I think Zem Nolan was there also, yeah. um, who obviously last season came out of nowhere for, for South Carolina. Uh, which well, was, wasn't even supposed to be playing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> crazy, but so happy for him. And then he got that opportunity because I know, obviously, he's been working for that. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a great room. Um <clears throat> You, you had that dynamic of really old to medium to, to really young. Um, and we we're all able to really, you know, feed off each other and make each other, each other better. Um, you know, even when, you know, Brock got the job and I was at number two, I was still trying to do as much as I could to obviously help him and try to prepare him um, for those game days um, in Ames. And I think it was such a great year. I'm pretty sure I mean, we beat West Virginia, who was like number three team yeah. in the country. It was a, such a memorable season for, for him. And I think, you know, everyone in that room really helped each other grow. So well, I, I, Brock's a, a good example right now about biding your time and, and being the best at your role that you're in at the, at, at the time and being a big support, whether that's holding a clipboard or whether that's helping motivate other guys. I, I think I, you know, I, I think that entire group has learned that l- None of those, none of those players came in with anything handed to them. All of them all kind of had to wait, or and continue to have to wait. And and great successes coming over time. No, yeah, definitely. I think like no one was really that surprised when Brock had a lot of success this past season, his rookie season. I mean, he he's a by the book type of guy. Uh, one of the best human beings I've ever met. So you know, with his work ethic and and his competitiveness, I mean, I wasn't surprised that he was able to have a lot of success this season, and hopefully can can continue to have that success. So that game that, that Kyle got hurt in and, and Brock came in at Oklahoma State, from a fan's perspective, I was over here going, what, what the hell is going on? And, and where's this kid been this entire time? At, at what point on the sidelines are you guys like, what is going on? Like the, the pump fakes and the runs and he's <laughs> flinging the ball down to, to Akeem. And I mean, you're just – Right. You guys had to have been like, where has this been? Right. I mean, oh, my gosh. I'll never forget. Freaking Goosebumps coming back right now. I mean, he's high-stepping going down the sideline. <laughs> uh, and me and, at the time, Rudy Wade, who was the strength coach, we are just looking at each other like, what is going on? Like, we're shoving each other back and forth. It was this uh, awesome time. And, you know, if you look, you know, back at Brock's, you know, high school tape or just, you know, you see a lot of similarities with it. So, it was just really a matter of time before he got his opportunity and was able to run away with it like he did. But yeah, that uh, Oklahoma State's first start, you know, 
because we were the same age too, it was almost like it was my first start too, you know, in a sense of like, I'm just as nervous for you, my guy. Like this is, this is crazy. Uh, but he handled it great and, and played a great game. I, I mean, that that's fantastic. I think um, one thing I, I've always heard about you and I think as a parent is, is that you are uh, uh, kind of the ultimate teammate where you care so much about, your teammate success and, and their success is your success. And, and you feel all of that. Uh, how are you able to share that message then to now the younger players uh, at, at, in San Diego, that, that, that kind of that same message of, of we're all on the same ship together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, shoot, learn by or learn through, I should say experience when it comes to that. Um, and I think honestly it has to do with like how I was raised for the most part and, and not, and it being humble and not, you know, egotistical in, in any way where it's like, why not be happy for someone else if they're, you know, finding success. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, faith is, is a huge cornerstone of my life. And, you know, maybe my time for this isn't, you know, at that time, you know what I mean? But you know, uh, having the faith that my time will come is something that I think is a message that I'm going to, you know, try to pass down to the younger guys. Um, and obviously do your best in, you know, every facet of life that you can and when you can. So when you have that opportunity, you don't waste it type of thing. Um, and so, yeah, I think a, a large part of how I'm able to uh, keep that positive mindset um, and to uplift my teammates is through that, that faith that I was raised with. Um, so, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a, a break here for a second. We're going to grab a word from our sponsor. When we get back, uh, I want to go back, uh, touching a little bit more about how you're raised. We talked about your mom. We talked about your dad. Um, uh, but I do think you kind of have a unique perspective. So I want to go ahead and jump in that. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit more, uh, when we get back from a word from our sponsor, Revelton Distilling Company. At Revelton Distilling Company, everyone has become a part of the Revelton family. From the tailors and their daughter who helped perfect their award-winning gins, to the team who installed Lucy, our 33-foot-tall custom-made still, right down to the local farms that provide our coveted corn, and even the cows on those farms who consume our mash byproduct. Want to see the farm to flask come to life? Now you can tour Lucy and find out where we take Iowa's harvest and transform it into our finest spirits. Choose between a 45-minute tour or find out even more by scheduling a VIP behind-the-scenes tour to get the taste of the full Revelton experience. You can visit them at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, or find all of Revelton's award-winning spirits at any local grocery or spirits retailer. And we are back. Thank you, listeners. Uh, once again, this is Old Man Strength, in case you did not realize what you've been listening to for the last half hour. Uh, um, we are talking with Rayal Mitchell. Uh, Rayal, uh, you were talking a little bit about being raised with kind of a spirit of humility. I think, uh, for me, I think I, I would have a hard time with that with with someone whose family is probably a little bit more in, in the spotlight. One of our listeners actually asked, uh, did you even understand kind of what a big deal it was what your mom was doing because I mean, she didn't just do american gladiators she also was in some feature films like she had a whole other thing did, did you even have a sense of that when you were a kid 
Uh, that's a great question. And I thought I did, kind of, until Muscle Mayhem came out on Netflix. <laughs> I, I wondered what your response would be to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, because the, they went on tours and stuff. And I hadn't, I really didn't have any idea about that. And to be able to, to actually like see the tours and like see it, I think really put a lot more into perspective for me. Because obviously I've seen like, you know, old uh, clips of, of, um, you know, some different obstacle courses. And, and I get the gist of the whole thing. But I think seeing that Netflix show really put into perspective how big and how impactful that was at the time, uh, which was awesome. And I don't know if that's, I think it's probably a good thing that I didn't know it was that big at the time growing up. I think that's a good job of my parents of like not, you know, I mean, I guess the either whether it's braggadocious or whatever it is about their success. Um, I didn't really realize it until three weeks ago. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> have you, have you watched something on that show and, and been like, mom, what the hell? Like there have been some things that have been, uh, a surprise um let me think From, on the show itself not so much i didn't really and I, like muscle mayhem does a great job of like talking about like the whole like steroids like uh i guess um what word am i looking for not coming to me but whole steroids um deal and i mean our, it, was, it was it was a huge just fiasco whether that be on that show or just in bodybuilding in general exactly. or even just i mean we're talking in that that early the nascency of the steroids era of baseball like right yep yep right so, it's getting in there before people really realized like okay this is getting out of hand exactly and i think the show kind of painted that um and was really informative in that sense so yeah i had no idea that that was really a, a, a huge thing. Um, I mean, like my mom never did steroids and it was always, you know, you know, competing in like natural bodybuilding type of um, events. And like, I mean, she's, you know, in, in her later years, but looks 25, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, now, dude, damn near more than me. I mean, we, we're in the <laughs> together all the time, you know, she's deadlifting, squatting, benching, all that good stuff still. Um, and so I think if anything, that was something I was like, oh, wow, I really didn't, realize how big of a deal like the whole steroids pandemic was at the time yep i so so does your mom uh give you a hard time about your strength and conditioning uh regimen oh uh, no <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a, we have a great relationship when it comes to that stuff like obviously she was my track coach for forever growing up and um like when i was transferring from iowa state COVID had happened. So as far as like official visits, that wasn't a thing. Um, and so I kind of had to like work out like on my own. Um, mm -hmm. And so that was the first time I had to like come up with a whole like workout regimen for myself. And then transferring from Temple, um, I wouldn't say the same thing, but it was like a semester there where like I had to work out on my own and like kind of like, so I took a lot of things I've learned from like my parents just growing up and was able to like really put that in motion. Um, and so that was just really neat. Um, experience that I've had throughout my college career so far. So you mentioned uh, the the transfer portal, and you've been through that twice. Uh, for for us that have never that wouldn't experience that, what what is that like? Are, are you getting calls immediately? Are people how do they contacting you? What what's the process look like for somebody going through the transfer portal? Yeah, so man, I feel like I feel like it's probably so much. 
I don't want to say different from when I went into it because so when I went the first time in 2020, um, the one-time transfer rule was had had not been passed yet, mm-hmm. um, and so the I was talking to a good amount of schools um, early 2020 that you know wanted me to attend there, but they were they were saying things along the lines of you know as long as this one-time transfer rule you know goes through. We want you. We obviously don't want you to, you know, come here and take up a take up a scholarship if you're not going to play. Um, because normally you have to transfer, get a waiver for your immediate eligibility, and that's how it used to be. Um, and so once COVID happened, though, and that's what I was banking on, you know, going into the portal in January, COVID happens, they push that hearing back. I was fortunate enough to to get some some offers um, the first time around in the portal, so. Yeah, you'll go on the portal as soon as your name hop, pops in. There are every football program has a certain part of their office that literally their job is to look at the portal and see when people go in and see if those are good fits for their teams. So you'll get, you'll immediately start getting like follows from position coaches at other universities, um, maybe even text messages from like, you know, high school if you still have those coaches' numbers. Um, and so the first couple of days are honestly, um, or it, it feels good, I guess, in a sense, because you got a lot of attention. Uh, <laughs> yeah. However, um, that atten- that attention kind of dies down as time goes on. So yeah, there is a for at least for me at least, um, there was like an initial wave of a lot of attention and coaches. Um, so because that one time transfer rule didn't pass, though, I wasn't able to go to some of the schools that I, I wanted to go to, um, and because of COVID, I also wasn't able to take any visits. So. Um, I, like literally, like the weekend before I was going to take my temple visit, um, they had like shut down the the airways, yeah. like the like four days <laughs> before. I was like, oh come on. Um, so then like so then coaches would come to me. So then like the temple coaches flew out to to Ames actually and, and, and sat down with me in my apartment and whatnot. Um, and so you're really just going off of what sounds the best. Um, in that specific time if you were in the portal sure. um, and so temple so i went to temple um had, had, had you been to philadelphia before you you made that commitment no <laughs> <laughs> I um yeah i had it and <laughs> uh, i i always say this i always say this so iowa state was probably the best two and a half years of my life mm-hmm. and then the next year and a half and i was at philly or when i was in philly was I would say the inverse, but I also learned a lot more, more so about life than, than football um, there. Um, so, so I'm, you know, I would, I would, if I could do it again, well, ha, let me not answer that, but I, would, <laughs> uh, I was going to say, be careful. You're going to get drafted by the Eagles. So I know, I know, I know. I, trust me, I would love that opportunity too. Don't get me wrong here. <laughs> uh, um, well, I was going to say, like, if I were to do it again, like, with the whole COVID, like, I didn't know, like, you'd get, like, an extra year. So, I probably would have stayed at Iowa State because I would have two years instead of just that one year because Brock was there. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. But um, um, with Philly, I think I learned a lot of just, like, life lessons more so than, like, on the field. Um, and then transferring from Temple to University of San Diego. Let's see here. How is that portal like? Um... I guess it's important to note that the first time I was transferring from Iowa State, 
my best friend, Brayden Arverson, who was a kicker at Iowa State, mm-hmm. um, who's now at NC State. He's going to do great things. Uh, and also who just got engaged. Shout out to him and Shelby. Um, so he uh, went to University of San Diego for like a semester. And he obviously was, in a, was planning on staying there. However, COVID happened. University of San Diego is a lot of money. He's like, what? And, and at the FCS level, like a lot of teams didn't even play. You know, I mean, they pushed their season to the spring. So he was like, I'm not about to be here not playing football and paying a ton of money. So, um, but he was kind of recruiting me to go there the first time when I was transferring. I was like, okay, I kind of like it. Like, I love San Diego. Um, and so the second time around, I kind of had San Diego in the back of my head, just being able to come closer to home. Obviously, I kept going further and further, you know, whether it was Iowa <laughs> and Philly, you know. <laughs> hey, I kind of want to come a little closer to home my last time around. Um, and that's kind of why I wanted to go to, to the University of San Diego. Denny says you can go to the New York Jets, Jack Trice East with the rest of the guys over there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, please, please. <laughs> not turn that down for sure. Uh, no, go, go ahead, Tim. Nope, that's right. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, so uh, I, you did all your transfer portal stuff before – NIL became a thing. Uh, but now you're getting to see what that process looks like. What what are you seeing that is different about that process because of NIL? NIL, oh my gosh. Wow. You know, it makes you want to wish you're a couple years younger. So- <laughs> <laughs> wow, some of these, some of these deals, you know, you kind of want to think about like, oh wow, like I was, you know, somewhat. Of a, of a highly recruited guy. Like, I could have benefited a little bit from the whole NIL scheme of things. Um, I mean, man, if I was, you know, NCAA official, I'd be, you know, pulling my hair out. By the end of the day, like, you can only control so much. And so, yeah, the landscape is a lot of these, you know, organizations or, I guess, universities are, you know, they have outside funding that most of the time they call collectives uh, where, you know, boosters and whoever wants to donate money can donate money to these collectives and, that collectives can then, you know, try to recruit um, high school kids that way. Um, it's, it is something, it is something. I've been able to you know, <laughs> kind of reach out to companies that I've, that I've been interested in um, to ask if they want to do, you know, partnerships, sponsorships, stuff like that. Um, and so my dynamic with NIL is different just because schools aren't using that leverage to get me, you know what I mean? Cause that's like, you know, younger guys right now. Um, so man, I mean, that landscape of NIL is, it's only going to grow. And I mean, kids are, you know, nowadays you go on a Texas, you know, you're getting two, $3 million just to go there. Um, and, and you're 18, you know, so it, it's, whew, it is something that um, you just hope that those kids, you know, have a good enough foundation, the financial responsibility that they can, you know, manage that money the right way and whatnot, but it's definitely going to be, because if you're not a big school and you don't have a ton of money, it's kind of going to be hard for you to com- compete with those other schools that have a lot of money. It's it's interesting because the the complaint for the longest time, and I, I still think this is absolutely true, right? So baseball has a farm system, right? If you're a 19-year-old kid and maybe college isn't for you, you've got to, you have a path to the pros, right? The NBA has gotten a lot better with that. You're actually seeing kids from go college go to the, the G League, find a path to the pros it's not to the to the level of of 
Major League Baseball, but it's still there. College has always been the farm system for the pros when it comes to the NFL. Now, maybe you're starting to see a little bit of that change with with XFL. We've seen some guys come through XFL and get some opportunities in camps this year. Keem's doing a great job. Yeah, I mean, I know he was drafted and he went to the 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 XFL and, and is now, you know, made a name for himself and got back on and is impressing in camp and, and things are good like that. So you're maybe kind of getting that with, it's not, you know, an official farm system, uh, but it almost seems like that's something that competes with, with college in a lot of ways, but I don't know that the NIL <laughs> fixes the problem that college is the farm system for the NFL. Mm. Yeah. I don't necessarily think so either. I mean, obviously as an athlete, like I'm happy for it. Um, Obviously, like I said, I wish it was three years uh, ago, but hey, it is what it is. I'm happy. My kids hopefully will be able to benefit from it. Um, and then like another thing, just side topic. So as a kid growing up, you're playing the NCAA video game, football video game, and you just look forward to maybe you'll be on the game. <laughs> game and then all of a sudden you go to college and they take a literally seven year hiatus just when you're in college. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, have you have you have you cursed out Ed O'Banion? <laughs> Ed O'Banion does that one. <laughs> Bring that conversation here real quick. Oh god, that that's funny. That's that's hysterical. Um, <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, well. Uh, we're going to take another break. We're going to grab a word from our sponsor, uh, Kyle Lamon at Wintrust Mortgage. Uh, when we get back, uh, we have a question. Christy, you want to te- tease the question now? or do you? We'll tease the question now. Right, go, ahead. Go, now. go ahead. So, normally, uh, Rial, we have old people on this podcast, so we ask the question that uh, if you had a time machine and you could go back 10 years, what would you tell Rial? But that's a 13-year-old Rial. That doesn't seem as fun. So uh 10 years from now uh and we'll we'll get your question after the after the uh after the commercial what do you hope uh you're remembered about or, or for uh in 10 years so with that uh we're going to listen to a word from uh Kyle at Wintrust Mortgage are you in the market for a new house and unsure of the mortgage process want to know that you have someone looking out for you Kyle Lehman from Wintrust Mortgage is a down-to-earth, knowledgeable lender who can be there for you in your corner. He can work with you in any of the 50 states and is just what you need to expand your home search. Kyle will work with you through the entire process with little to no work from you. Take the worry of the mortgage process out of the equation so that you can focus on looking for your dream home. Contact Kyle at www.wintrust.com forward slash Kyle dash Lehman or call him at 515-473-0546. Okay. Yeah, we're so, back. Yeah, Royale, the, the, the question uh, right before that break, once again, is 10 years from now, uh, what do you hope 10 years from now, Royale Mitchell is looking back and thinking man i'm proud this is what i'm i'm remembered for yeah yeah that is a great question and uh luckily i kind of have a 10-year plan so let's let's dive into it a little bit um so 10 years from now uh, i really want so i have a whole like philanthropy um i guess idea that i'm hoping 
football can do most of the funding for that. Um, and that's going to be a program that deals with the homeless population. Um, and basically, I, I don't want to throw out too much in case anyone's out there going to steal my idea, but, <laughs> but uh, it would be something along the lines of, you know, you go out in your community um, and to wherever like a heavily, you know, dense population of homeless people are, you, you know, kind of, I guess, interview in a sense, a couple of them. And what I really want to do is I want to take them out of that situation, um, fund for their housing, um, uh, provide them with re re rehab, um, get them a stable job. This would be like a year to two year program where um, I can get their credit um, back into good standings. But I mean, the, the real message that I want to, I guess, send is through uh, Christianity and how um, Jesus Christ obviously, you know, is, is everyone's savior. And really, that's really what it, hopefully the main benefit is of the program. Um, there'd be, you know, multiple Bible studies a week um, and, and stuff like that. And that's kind of like the philanthropy idea that I have um, in mind. So hopefully in 10 years, that's up and running and, and hopefully up and running for a little bit of time. And so, I mean, shoot, if I die at, well, that'd be, I guess, 33, then hopefully that foundation can keep on going and, and, and help, um, and help out that homeless population that, um, I care about so much. That is really incredibly noble, uh, and way more, uh, <laughs> more positive than I think, uh, way more anthropic than I would be. Um, <laughs> I just hope people think that I was funny at one point. Um, no, I, I really appreciate that. I think that's, that is fantastic. And I, I really hope that um, whatever comes next for you as you finish up your college career and figure out what that next stage of your life helps to, to kind of kickstart uh, that as well. I think you have a lot of opportunities yet ahead of you that I, I, I imagine you'll be able to, to, uh, actually have to make some choices here that are, are uh, some some good good choices to have to choose between. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Yeah, I appreciate that. Definitely. Uh, I'll, I'll ask one question kind of out of the blue here. Again, to circle back to your time at Iowa State. Um, Matt's pretty, Matt, Matt Campbell's pretty tight-lipped with, with media and he has this this coach speak down or whatever. What's your what's your favorite Matt Campbell lose his mind moment or funny <laughs> moment? Like t t pull the curtain back a little bit on Coach Campbell. And give us a little <laughs> bit of uh, of a good story here. Okay, hold on. That's Matt. Hold on. All right, that's a that's a good question here. Let me think. Let me think. I mean, when I think about Coach Campbell, like you immediately want to like run through a brick wall for the guy. Um, I mean, he has something about him, but the more, the, one of the main things I'm taking away from like Iowa state and just him as a coach is how his outlook is on adversity. Um, I think he welcomes adversity and that's something that he instills in his players. Um, and that's something that like, like I look for adversity at this point. Like I want something hard 
in my life so that I can conquer it type of thing. And that's kind of his philosophy and the messages that he preaches to his players. But as in, in regards to like something funny or just something like, like worth bringing up. Oh, let me think. Did, I mean, I, he, go ahead. He's, he's lost his mind at some point or, or I'm trying to think. I think he had lost his mind. I'm trying to think what game that was. Either it was, either it was like Baylor at home. Oh, well, that, I, that game clearly. I mean, he. Oh, the wait, famous I, photo of him shaking Matt Rule's hand <laughs> and the look on his face, like I ain't got time for this guy. It's legendary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that also? That's got to be. Yeah, that's the game where like that's David the Montgomery game where David Montgomery got kicked out and Josh Kniffle came running back onto the field and yeah, yep, yes. yep, yep. That would that. Oh man, that's such a good memory. Just, it was so crazy. It was so crazy. Just if you're watching it on the big screen, you're like, "What's going on here?" Obviously, as a player, I'm not running on the field because like I'm just, I'm just not doing that at the time. Especially after quarterback too. I'm like, "Ah, right, not me, not me." <laughs> but um. Maybe that'd be probably the one of the best memories. Um, I think he was more so like Coach Campbell's such a such a player guy that like he was for it. You know what I mean? Like obviously you don't <laughs> want your best player to get ejected, but at the same time he's like, hey, like they want to fight, like let's fight type of thing. I think that's probably one of my one of my best memories that has to do with Campbell. <laughs> it's 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 really interesting because you know you, you're not the the only player that we've talked to that has has played for for Coach Campbell. Uh, I, I kind of got into it on Twitter here recently because there seems to be one piece after another about the local football coach here in Minnesota. And a lot of Minnesota fans want to say, Oh, these are just hit pieces. They do hit pieces on everybody. Blah, 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 blah. I've never seen a, a quote unquote hit piece on Matt Campbell. Cause I don't think you'd be hard pressed to find too many players that have, uh, like you said, like you all want to run through a brick wall for the guy. Like the culture is just very much, and it's not about him right it's about team you have to you have to feel like you're not a part of matt campbell's program there that you're just a part of the iowa state program i and i think that's something uh where you know for that story you you know it kind of goes both ways right he's a part of that program too so he also wants to to help you guys i he, i'm sure he want to run through a brick wall for you guys no, yeah, yeah, literally, and that's as a coach, you know, that's what you want to be, you know. What I mean, because you're you're most out of your players that way. I think, like, I guess this is maybe maybe this is a side note, but it's something I really wanted to mention is that when it comes to like receiving the offer from like Iowa State, um, obviously, like you have different institutions, whether it's you know maybe like Harvard or Stanford, Northwestern, where when you get that type of offer, obviously, you know how highly successful that school is academically but i think when you get an iowa state offer it really has to do with not only academics but like character and how how much that represents you um because obviously i've been a part of that program and i know the type of players that go there uh, and i think how those coaches vet their players and their recruits is something that you know you get an iowa state offer you're someone of high character um, and are going to be determined at attacking life straight on. Uh, and that's just something I kind of wanted just to put out there because I think that's something that needs to be said. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I very much appreciate that. I, I think your character is, is very apparent as we talk to you, and I think that speaks volumes uh, not just to you but to the program 
uh, in general. So I, I very much appreciate you you pulling that out as an aside. Um, Chris, what else do we have for Real? We're going to finish up uh, with this last segment. It is uh, Real, what we like to call the STFU segment, where uh, we both shut the F up and let you say whatever you want. Carte Blanche, you have, you have free reign to say whatever you want. And again, I will reiterate that this is my favorite segment because we had Steph Copley on, and she told Tim to shut the f up because he wouldn't. He would. She literally up. said on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, "That's not the history of this program." But you, go, you go ahead and, and you you keep up with your your uh, invented uh, history. Well, considering Steph doesn't even know how to run her own segment, she spoke during the middle of it. <laughs> so, uh, she's, but uh, in in regards to that. Uh, we invite people to go to the Young Women's Resource Center, uh, which is a charity that uh, is close and near and dear to Steph's heart, and donate to the to the Young Resource uh, Center. So we're going to play a, a quick note from Steph, and then Rial, we'll come back. Tim and I will shut the F up, and you can say whatever you want. And if that even means that you say, boy, you really wish you were playing at Iowa State right now, we would have <laughs> that. Before. For sure, yeah. Hey everybody, it's Steph Copley, the woman behind the STFU segment on the Old Man Strength Podcast. When I told the guys I wanted to sponsor this segment, they recommended that I make a charitable donation instead, so that's what I did. I chose the Young Women's Resource Center in Des Moines, Iowa. They're a nonprofit that supports, educates, and advocates for girls and young women ages 10 to 24. Their whole goal is to make sure that these young women become strong, self-confident, and successful. And if you know me at all, you know that aligns with my goals as well. If you're interested and would like to donate, check them out at ywrc.com. Org and donate today. And remember, don't forget to STFU and listen every once in a while. Thanks. All right. So we're back. Uh, Real, we're going to STFU and you say whatever you want. Man, okay. I wish I would have known about the segment because I've been saying side comments here and there that I could definitely would have thrown in right now. <laughs> um, shoot. Um, I think, I guess, you know, last segment, you know, last thing I'd always like to say, you know, when I'm speaking or whatnot is just to really end it with um, a bit of, of perspective of like my faith um, and how that's really been a huge um, driving force in my life. Um, you know, if you looked at my college career on paper, you might, you might feel bad for me. Uh, but I think that with my perspective um, and, and my faith that I've had in, in giving my life, to Jesus Christ, who's our Lord and Savior, who died on the cross for our sins, um, is something that continues to fuel me. Um, and because at the end of the day, like to me, a lot of this stuff really doesn't matter. Um, however, cycling football does matter a lot. Um, however, you know, um, if you're doing the right thing, uh, you're living, you know, by the word, following the Ten Commandments, a lot of societal issues will go away and, and really don't weigh as heavy on you. Um, and so that's something that I'd want to, I guess, leave the audience with um, and, and this segment with um, would be that those two cents and go cycling football. <laughs> I love it. That was, that was a very nib high football rules uh, energy there at the very end. Uh, that was wonderful. Well, I, man, Rayal, we really, very much appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I, I know you're you're probably gearing up to get ready uh, for the season and figuring out 
as well what is kind of the next steps for you so we really appreciate you taking the time out, out of your day to, to chat with us um man i i think i think you've got a whole host of people in cyclone nation that are pulling for you excited to see what, what's happening next and i really hope that uh whatever comes next for you that that you uh, can find some time to come back and, and chat with us and, and and see what the next stage of your journey is. No, definitely. I appreciate your time for having me. And yeah, I look forward to doing that. Definitely. Real, it's been a pleasure. And uh, I will just say that you're, whatever adversity that you may, or that to your point, what people may think you went through, uh, you were going to touch somebody uh, with how you come through it. So uh, I, I really want to thank you for that perspective and for what you said. I really uh, great stuff. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. Uh, well, listeners, you have once again spent, uh, uh, honestly, this was not time wasted whatsoever. You got a lot of nuggets of wisdom, a lot of fun stories, a lot of great things because, you know, it was not Chris and I trying to share anything. So that was perfect. Uh, we do appreciate you <laughs> listening uh, to us. Please go ahead and check out all of the other podcasts uh, on Three Beards Media, all the other content that we have. Uh, growing by the day, Chris, anything else you kind of want to say about what all we have going on at Three Beards? Uh, nope. We uh, are gearing up for, for football season. We've got uh, Hawkeye View that's going to start. Uh, you know what? As much as it's a Hawkeye podcast, I'm super excited for those guys to launch that. Uh, they're going to do something a little different. They're going to do a, a, a immediate game reaction show right after football games. So people will be able to comment uh, about how much Brian Ferentz sucks. So that'll be super <laughs> exciting. Um, you know, we want to give the fans an avenue to be able to do that. Uh, uh, but uh, other than that, we got some pods releasing. I think you guys got bitter units. We've got hot mess happy hour coming out this week. Uh, and then we start again Sunday and Monday. So we are rolling. We have a whole lot going on. So please go ahead and check out your spotify your apple whatever your amazon your uh, career pigeon however you you get this content from us uh please go ahead and check that out please go ahead and again uh give our our sponsors a, a look revelton distilling if you are down at ocl 1400 west clay street in ocl iowa go check them out and please go ahead and contact kyle Lehman at wintrust mortgage and with that we will see you guys next time Thank <laughs> you.